Rewind with Oisín Langan. Welcome to the Rewind on News Talk, a different location but the same service today. We're coming to you from the City West Hotel where Kilkenny are basking in the glory of All-Ireland at number 36. We'll hear from their manager, Brian Cody, shortly, as well as the players, Paul Murphy, Jackie Tyrrell and Owen Larkin. We'll look back on Dublin's win over Mayo in the All-Ireland semi-final and we look ahead to the final with Kerry. What will Jim Gavin and Eamon Fitzmaurice come up with to try and outbox each other? Paddy Mulligan will be joining us to talk about uh, Ireland's vital Euro qualifier against Georgia tonight at the Aviva. Paddy Mulligan, of course, a former Ireland and Chelsea defender. First, though, it is Cats manager Brian Cody who has managed his team to All-Ireland number 11 for him. It's quite impressive, but as always, he's kind of playing himself down. Well, you know, yesterday was um, a great... A great day, really, for Kilkenny because we were tested in every possible way. I would say, in the first half, we were hit with a tremendous performance by Galway, you know, and they deserve great credit for that. They really brought absolutely everything to the game. You know, they had great momentum from the semi final, they carried through with that. They came with great belief, great confidence, and, you know, a real, a real drive and determination. And, you know, and they brought physicality, which is what they should be bringing to it as well, and skill, everything. And, and, you know, it was a serious, serious task and a serious, serious challenge. But we weathered the storm, if you like, and it's, it's in the second half, I think, our response then in the second half was, I, I, I thought, magnificent, to be fair. What was the difference in the second half? Well, you see, it's, it's, it's a game of hurling that, that goes on for a long time, you know. It, it, it doesn't end after 20 minutes or 30 minutes or 35 minutes or even 65 minutes, you know. It goes on and on. And it's a, it's a question of you're, you're, we were never going to come and dominate the game or play at a level we played the second half for 70 minutes. It's, 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 you could say virtually impossible to do that. And they weren't going to dominate the game for, for 70 minutes either. So it's, it's when, you're not, when things aren't flowing and, and when you're not in the ascendancy, it's the ability to hang in there and to, and to, and to fight for it and to, and to keep going and to minimise the kind of damage that can be done to the team is the important bit. And, and, and we did that and it gave us the, the platform, if you like, then, because at half-time, even though we felt we certainly um, were under serious pressure, the lead was minuscule, really. You know, three points for lead with 35 minutes to go is not a big lead, you know. And we, if we knew if we got going and, and, and started it, I suppose to play the kind of game we wanted to play, really, that we were going to give ourselves a very, very good chance. And, and again, like, I mean, the, the character and the spirit and the drive and the skill, obviously, which, which the lads showed, particularly in the second half, but also the character that they showed in the first half to withstand a phenomenal challenge from Galway was just was those key to everything. You found a bit more space in the second half. You kind of got going in a scoring sense. How did you do that? Well, I think games tend to go like that anyway, you know, because um, you know you, you can play. Galway did play with real serious intensity for for the first half. Very difficult to keep that going the whole time as well, you know. And um, so I suppose just it's not something you can put your finger on and say this is exactly what happened. I mean, it wasn't that we suddenly discovered a brainwave and we're going to create more space. It's about the players, it's about their experience, it's about their instinct, and it's particularly particularly about instinct. I think more than anything else. To, to know, I mean, they think on their feet, they've got to think on their feet. You can't just go out with a script in your head and say, oh, yeah, I know exactly what to do. It's instinctive. You, you make decisions and choices, and they're linked up very, very well. Um, <clears throat> the support play improved. Winning a breaking ball improved. Our whole, I would say, winning of the physical challenges improved. And we were hurling, I suppose, the way to put it in, to, to, in sporting parlance, I suppose, we're hurling on the front foot more, you know. And that allows you, when you're doing that, 
your hurling instinct takes over, and and, and you're you're just you, you make right choices, and, you, and and that's what we did more in the second half, I would think. And a game in the large part, which was allowed to flow, which suited both teams, and you know it was it was a tough tough game, but when the ref could, he let it flow. Absolutely, but I mean that's 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 the way the hurling should be played, you know. And I mean, there was absolutely. You couldn't even begin to, to talk about it being a dirty game at all. It just didn't come into it. It was man-footed, it was tough, it was hard. It epitomised uh, what hurling has, has to offer, you know. The intensity that you had to show for the full 70 minutes, and you did, did that come from, from your training regime, from the preparation you did physically? Because your team looked like guys who were ready for any sort of hurling match. I mean, if it's a skillful game, you can do that. If it's a tough game, which it was yesterday, you can do that. A tight game, all about breaking ball, you can do that. And you know, all the Kilkenny skills were there. Yeah, but I think you hit the nail on the head by saying skills. I mean, that's what the, all of those things you mentioned are skills in the game. And people sometimes forget about all that. People talk about, you know, there was suddenly enough that I about hooking and blocking as if those are not skills. Those are some of the most terrific skills in the game and the most difficult skills in the game as well to master. And, you know, the level of hooking and blocking by both teams yesterday was, was tremendous. Um, proper use and proper use of your body with physical challenges, magnificent skill as well. All those things that come together to make her in the game it is. They were on view, obviously, all over the field from both sides yesterday. Is that why sometimes it takes a guy a bit of a while to get into your team? Because he, you know, every guy who's called up by you obviously is a good hurler. They obviously have the skills. But is it about you know working on the hooks, the blocks, the defensive side, all those things which are key components? And yesterday, probably the most important ones. Well, you see, it's not a question of, I mean, how long it takes to get into the team or whatever. You know, um, you go on, you go on what you see in front of your eyes. You know, and it's like in all sports, some players make the jump very, very quickly. Some players develop a bit more slowly than that. But, you know, you look at, you look at some of the players playing there yesterday, like, come in very, very quickly, Jar Elbert, you know, very, very first year, you could say, Joy Hall in the second year, step in, everyone wondered, how could we survive, you know, try to replace Jeja. You're not trying to replace Jeja, you're, 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 you're trying to replace the full-back, you know, you want to play the full-back. We had a magnificent year again. Shane Prendergast, you know, fellas wonder, how do you start playing at 29? Stepped in there yesterday, Jackie's boots, tough boots to fill. And again, he wasn't trying to fill Jackie's boots, he was playing left cornerback for us. And it's it's a question of, it works differently for different people, and that's the way it is. Richie had an injury in the run into the final. How bad was it? How close was he to not playing? Uh, serious injury, total quad muscle two weeks ago. Literally a grade two tear in the quad muscle. Um, you know, medical science would suggest it's a four to six week injury, which it is because we've seen it before. But he's he's a different kind of fella, you know. He's just he's he's bravery and he's he, his skill just is is after after scale. But his toughness and his bravery is, is is right up there as well. And he's he's just mental toughness. All those things come into play, and that's that's just not just him. But um, you know, all the lads, all the lads are there like that, you know. At what point, or do you ever think in a game, right? We have this, or is that how your mind works during an All Ireland final or any other game? Uh, look at when the final goal went in and the ball was poked out and whatever happened I, I, I knew then time was on we had four points of the lead and I think it was about 61 and so many seconds gone and I knew in my heart we had it then yeah but you don't ever 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 presume anything like you know with a couple of minutes to go can you enjoy it the next couple of days or are you the kind of man who already thinks forward uh, not at all no no I mean I, I enjoy these things and I don't I'm not I'm not as forward thinking as a lot of people think at all to be honest about you know um, this is something you just enjoy. It's just a feeling that you have. You can, you can don't have to. It, you, you, it's just, it's in there. It's, it's, it's one, and uh, it's, it's a great feeling, and it's just something that you, 
you can absolutely enjoy it. And do you ever think or compare all Ireland's, or does that ever come into it for you? No, I, I don't even ever reflect on, on anything like that. You know, I mean, it's this year's one and whatever else, and that's it. And I don't. I mean, the fact that we've won other ones is absolutely. It's of no. You can never say it doesn't mean anything. Of course, it means it means everything all the time. But you know, I don't be thinking about things like that. You know, because it's no good to us the fact that we won last year if we were to lose this year to give me any consolation listen Brian well done enjoy the win so much cheers this is the rewind on News Talk and that was Brian Cody the Kilkenny manager he's not playing himself up he's not looking for praise but boy does he deserve it we'll have more from the Kilkenny camp shortly but first let's hear from the Galway captain David Collins who has been speaking this morning uh, with Sean Walsh of Galway Bay FM yeah Sean as I said a while ago it's, you kind of wake up and go right can we have that 70 minutes back you know but Look, I couldn't fault any of the players. Uh, like, I speak for them. They're an absolute fantastic bunch of guys. And the work that they put in all year, like, it's it's nearly a professional level at this stage. And, you know, it's the pat on the back now that they need and say, right, OK, look at refocus on next year and then drive it on, you know, because telling them that X or Y wasn't good enough and that this, it, it just doesn't help, you know. It's, I suppose, about getting back on the bandwagon and going again in it. But, yeah, it is hard to take uh, like what am I 13 years at it now and this is the third time I've been in this situation and it's not nice but look at kind of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger you know Talk a bit about the game I mean you, you started well um, even from a personal viewpoint you got on probably a bit earlier than you thought you did going in at half time three points up there was a real belief wasn't there there was a massive belief and like three points up against Kilkenny and you've got 35 minutes to, to play it but we were in the situation in 2012, I think we were five points up at half-time and we came out and they done the exact same thing, they they dictated, but we actually knew that that was going to happen, it was in our game plan that that's right where we need to focus on and to be honest with you, I think a lot of uh, things didn't go our way, you know, in the, in the first 10-15 minutes we didn't get the breaks, we didn't work hard enough for the breaks to create them, you know, and look, we learned from that, but analysing it now... Uh, my head is wrecked, you know, but look at these things happen and what can you do, you know? And it doesn't get any easier because this morning, as you say, you wake up, the reality is there, the huge effort you put in, but ultimately, as we said earlier, the finals, unfortunately, are about winners, aren't they? Yeah. And as you said, you have to win, like, you, you need to be, there's no point in being there to be second best because, okay, yeah, Hurling is about participating and, and at younger level, yes, definitely, but when you're at this stage, you have to win, you know? Like, uh, just even... I suppose the chatting about about Larkin there, own Larkin there on the field yesterday. He was absolutely going to win that that All Ireland again. That's his eighth, right? And that takes massive drive and belief in in a team. And I was saying to our younger fellas, look at us. We need to get that. We need to get to that stage where you want it so bad that you're going to go through any anything to get it. So our young lads will come through, and you see a great win from the miners yesterday, and hopefully that can carry through. And I do think there's a need for them to drive it on, right, and, and, and not sit on the laurels and go, yeah, we won an All-Ireland minor medal. Like, really and truly, it's that senior level you wanted, and we need those younger guys to come through, and that structure that Jeffrey Linsky has there, it's, it shows, you know. It's a huge, huge effort, and probably the disappointment will probably not hit now till you go home, but it's all about going again, isn't it? It is all about going again, Sean, and as you said, the disappointment will hit when we see all the fans in Galway, right, because it... it the enjoyment that you get as a player out in the field when you hear a roar um, like personally Jason Flynn's score yesterday the, the the stadium erupted and it was just fantastic and to get that support from the from the, from the fans and 
the belief that they have in us was fantastic all year and all I, all I can say is look at stick with us we'll be back again you know but it, it was fantastic all year and I think we gave them a few great days and a few heart attacks I think along the way but I think we got them ourselves you know and I'm a pro goal man today okay we lost but these things happen you know life goes on He's not one to hide, David Collins, and it uh, must be very, very hard for him. Part of the team in 2005 that lost the All-Ireland. They came back in 2012, brought Kilkenny to a replay. Unfortunately, unfortunately for them and for him, it didn't work out then. And it didn't work out yesterday, despite the fact that it looked for a long time like it might. Young age profile in the large part among this Galway panel. They will hope to come back, but look, it doesn't always work out that way. And especially for Galway, it doesn't always work out that way. Hard to think of when they've really followed up a good year with another good year. But look, I'm sure Anthony Cunningham and uh, his backroom team will, will get thinking soon and they will want to bounce back. And we wish them the very best of luck. They brought a lot to the championship this year and were involved in the game of the year against uh, Tipperary. Uh, let's go back now to the Kilkenny side and Paul Murphy, the cornerback. Along with Owen Larkin and Jackie Tyrrell, we'll hear from the two James Stevens men uh, shortly. But first, let's hear from Murph, the cornerback. He talked about the, the tactics of yesterday's game, but first, what it means to win. First half, the, the intensity and just the sheer pressure in it was unbelievable. Um, it didn't really let up in the second half, but I suppose as games go, it just opened up that small bit more. But the intensity was just absolutely unbelievable from both sides. Um, so much so that you'd actually forget so much of the match just because there was so much happening, you know. But yeah, the intensity was huge. A lot of lads limping around this morning, a lot of lads struggling. That kind of tells me what kind of game it was. And it wasn't dirty, but there was just massive hits going in. Yeah, I don't think there was a, a, a dirty stroke in the whole match. Um, like you said, it was just massive hits. Um, lads going hard for the ball, and it was as simple as that, colliding with each other. You don't feel it in the moment, but I suppose when the adrenaline wears off and the body cools down, you feel it then. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of aches and pains around here this morning, but you don't mind that too much now. It goes with the territory. Not a, not a great first half from Kilkenny. Was that because A, Galway brought the intensity and B, ye hadn't had to play at that kind of intensity yet this year because in the Leinster final, Galway probably played well but not well for large periods. The semi-final against Wexford, look, he cruised through it. They didn't, they didn't turn up. He played well. Semi-final against Waterford, they hung on for a while but he pulled away in the end. So this was the first time this year that he had faced that kind of challenge whereas Galway had kind of come up against that a few times. I suppose you could say that, yeah. I think it was just more so the fact that Galway just came out of the blocks at 100 miles an hour, you know, and um, they brought a serious intensity. And we probably didn't hit our fifth gear until the second half, you know. We were, it was one of the things that was said in the dressing room at half time that we hadn't hurled the way we should be hurling, you know. I mean, our, our training matches had been very intense, you know, so regardless of how the other matches had been, um, our training was very intense, so we should have been up to that level. We, we just didn't get there in the first half. But look, that was down to Galway's intensity as well, but I think we found that in the second half. and you know, we'd, we'd feel a lot better if we had lost the match and at least we played in our fifth gear as opposed to losing the match and maybe playing in your third or fourth gear, which, you know, wouldn't be the right way to do it. Did you notice in the second half, particularly at the start of it, that maybe Galway didn't push up as much, they dropped a man back and maybe things changed for ye in the full-back line a bit? Yeah, there was, a, I suppose there was a, a small bit more space, there wasn't as much pressure in, in around the full-back line in the second half, but I think that's just the way the nature of the game, you know, when you have a high-intensity match like that, you know, players will start to tire and spaces start to open up and, you know, things will slow down a small bit. I just think that both sides couldn't keep up that intensity for 70 minutes and the nature of the game was automatically going to change, but I think our forwards um, held their position very well and when we got a ball in the back so we could look up and pick out a player in the forward so that meant Galway had to stick in their positions they couldn't come up too far because they knew if they lost the ball one of our forwards going to the wing it would be a simple score so they kind of had to hold their positions then 
What about you? Uh, 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 kind of a, a new look full back line this year because obviously Jackie couldn't play in the last two games due to injury, so Shane slotted in. I was going to say a new kid on the block, but he's 29. And Joey came in to replace JJ at full back. Was it, was it difficult to bed in that new full back line, especially when Shane came into it relatively late? I mean, in the Leinster Championship and the Leinster finally came on as a sub, but then he played the semi and the, and the final. Um, I suppose it was different, all right. Uh, it was different to look across to your left and see two different players there from, from the last few years. But um, in training, we don't play like what I suppose a lot of people would consider an A versus a B team. You know, you would play with Joey or Shane, even if Jackie was there or JJ was there. The way the teams would be in training, you'd still play with each other quite a lot. So you get to know the player very well. So when it comes to a match, it's not as if you haven't been playing with him and you don't know what type of way Joey plays it, what way Shane plays it. But it certainly was different. And there was one or two times we had to you know, talk things through and hiccups. But that, that's always going to happen with any positional changes in a team. Um, but I think Shane done a great job. And JJ, or, sorry, I was going to say JJ. Joey had an absolutely massive year as well. I think it was a lot of pressure on him being captain and replacing JJ as well. Um, but it never got to him. That's just how glad Joey was. But uh, yeah, look, it, it was certainly different. But I think, you know... Um, we got our we, we got our wires crossed once or twice, but um, nothing major, nothing came from it. But um, no, thankfully, look, everything worked out for us. Now, Jackie gave a speech at halftime. He's playing it down, but Owen Larkin, his club teammate, is playing it up. Maybe you could tell us what he said and the effect it had. Yeah, look, Jackie. To be honest, Jackie be one of those lads. He never talks for the sake of talking, and. You know, if we ever have team talk, Jackie might not often say much, but when he does say something, you kind of you, you know, you sit up straight and you listen to him. Um, yeah, he 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 stood up in the dressing room at halftime and he really spoke from the heart. It was no, you know, he wasn't saying anything that was pointless to say. He just hit the nail straight on the head. And you know, from a player who was sitting on the bench there after getting an operation a few weeks before, you know, it really hit home. With us, you know, and he said just what needed to be said. It was just simple that. Look, and all Ireland's in front of us. We have 35 minutes and we just have to go out there and hurl the way we can hurl. And that was about it. That was the, the long and short of it, you know. Does that prove that half-time speeches can actually make a difference on occasion? <clears throat> well, absolutely, you know. Um, it gives the team a chance to just catch their breath and kind of have a look back at the first half and see what way they were going. And absolutely, I think in, <clears throat> in so many matches, you know, you look back at them and team has come out with the blocks in the second half and just absolutely taken over, you know. Um, they absolutely do make a difference it gives a lot of players a chance to sit down refocus the mind focus on the job in hand and it certainly made a difference for us anyway yesterday the plan from here is to is to savour this one but you don't get much time because you're back with the clubs is it next weekend? we're back on yeah the intermediates are playing on Saturday and the senior clubs are playing on Sunday so we're back next weekend now but the clubs thankfully have given us a few days to <laughs> wind down but um, yeah, look we'll be back straight into it now and sure we'll be the lads were sitting having a few drinks with here today now we'll be pulling the grass now next Sunday so that'll be the joys of it yeah, well enjoy the recovery session as we'll call it Paul well done on how many All-Irelands for you now? four now it's four, four. Yeah. And how old are you? Uh, 26 that's not bad. 26 and 4 all right. Listen, Paul, well done. Thanks a million. Thanks a million, well Paul. Well, joined by Owen Larkin and Jackie Tyrrell. Owen, I'll start with you. Um, another All Ireland. Do they kind of do they change? Does the feeling change as the years go on when you win them, or is it still the kind of same feeling as when you won your first? No, I think it's still the same feeling as when you win your first. It's all about that. I think it's been spoken about before that 10 or 15 minute period after the final whistle is uh, is just brilliant to be part of and. Uh, and you can celebrate with your teammates and the rest of the panel and things like that and your family uh, in Crow Park. That's what it's all about and uh, the, the feeling never changes. It's as good as ever. Yeah. This one would have been a bit different to last year which went right, right down to the wire whereas in the last two or three minutes of this one you knew you were kind of in control. You certainly looked at it anyway. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think you'd feel like that on the field. Um, 
Joe got a goal coming towards the end, and, and all you're thinking about is trying to win the next ball. And um, you know you can't relax. And sometimes if you if you relax, like things go against against you. So um, we were just trying to concentrate and uh, win the next ball. And uh, thankfully, Owen slowed things down in the goal and puck uh, out, and we kind of held it up for a couple of minutes. And uh, final whistle went, which which was great. What was that first half like? Because Galway were excellent but it was still close at half-time. And of course, despite the fact that Galway were probably the better of the two in the first half, you still got the goal. You still used your experience and stayed on in there. Yeah, well, that's, that's what it's about. Um, Brian has always said that th- teams will have their their uh, dominant spell and uh, Galway certainly had that in the first half. They were the better team by far. But I think the resilience of, of our lads and hanging in there, you know, and Brian spoke about before, you know, just hang in there when, when we're not going well. And I think we've done that brilliantly in the first half yesterday. It didn't play well but certainly we did ha- hang in there and we were able to regroup at half time and, and go out and produce a performance in the second half and thankfully that was enough to, to win the All-Ireland. Uh, Jackie Terrell, obviously you couldn't play yesterday because of injury. I know you were on the bench but uh, is it true you turned into Winston Churchill at half time and gave a rousing speech? I wouldn't say that now, Washington. It's, it's been overhyped. You know, I, I just spoke for maybe 30-40 seconds and just from the heart and just told the lads one opportunity they had. They hadn't got going the first half at all, and you know we're down by two points as, as, as Owen alludes. So they hung in there in the first half. But I just said, look, lads, go out and express yourself. Don't have any regrets and just go for it and, and, op- and open up the shoulders. Um, and as I say, it was it was easy to say the words. The lads had to go out and do that, and they did that to a man. And you know you can see you could see the reaction in the second half how different they were, um, and they just went out there and just went for it. And uh, you know we got the win in the end, which was unbelievable. And did you? kind of plan that or did you just out and say it when, when everyone was at a quiet moment at half time or how did it work out uh, yeah no I didn't plan it at all he just went in and, and Brian had said a few words and they went off to discuss you know uh, certain ash- issues in the game and that and it was, it, was, it was just among our players in the dressing room and the top was very quiet and very dead and I said you know something needs to be said here to get the lads going you know they're almost accepting this and there's a casualness about it and I just I hadn't planned on saying a whole lot I just started talking and you know I, I, I just as I say spoke from the heart and uh, I just said to the lads look what an opportunity to have in the second half and just go out there and, and, and go for it and you know the reaction was unbelievable our lads Look obviously you listen to Brian and you listen to the selectors but when a player and a soldier that you've worked with for how many years now I forget but says something like that and, and, and says it with a passion do you listen to that bit more on does it kind of sink in that bit more even to a guy like yourself who's, who's as experienced as Jackie who's, who's one of the senior players yeah, well, not, not quite as experienced as Jackie, but uh, I'm, I'm nearly there. But uh, de- most definitely, yeah, um, you know, Jackie has done it all in the game, and I think all the younger lads, probably not so, so much me, and I'm nearly touching up to the, the, the age he is, but uh, all the younger lads definitely look up to him, and uh, he's done, as you said, he's done everything in the game. So when, when someone like that speaks in the dressing room, I think everyone listens up, and, you know, I think Jackie is just trying to play it down there now, but I've I've been on the receiving end of one of them speeches in the county final a couple of years ago as well. So they they definitely do get you going, and that definitely worked for us yesterday. Yeah. And um, what what do you think was the difference in the second half with Kilkenny? I think there was there was two things. I think first of all, the lads should get credit for not playing well in the first half. We're still going in two points down, as as Owen said, uh, the ability to hang in, but. Just their whole body language. You just knew from the start of the second half, Michael Fenley put in a hit and you just said, things are going to be a bit different in the second half. We, if, if we get bet here, at least we'll have a go. At least the lads will express themselves, and they did. But just, I'd say every one of the 15 up to by about up to 5% each and that's huge over, over the whole over the whole thing and Gala 
from being the first half and the second half, they were just looking around. You could see him going, Gee, "What's after happening here? This isn't the this isn't the team we're, we're dealing with in the first half." And uh, you know, some of the scores were crucial. In fairness, at uh, key times, we got some very crucial scores, and, and Galway kind of missed missed a couple of chances, um, which which you know was huge. And, and the momentum of the game switched a bit. But uh, you know, it, it's testament to the lads. They were unbelievable. They really were in the second half. Their work ethic was unbelievable. It was through the roof, and uh, you know, it's, it's hats off to them. Still a lot of playing to do for you, but did that speech and all that give you a taste for management? Well, absolutely not. No, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'll stick to the hurling at the minute now. You know, it's, it's, it's. it's uh, Are you way, way down the line though? Uh, I don't know about that now. I'd, I've given so much to the game and I put so much in. I think, I, I think when I retire, I'll just ride off to the sunset and then just sit back and enjoy what, what I've achieved in that. But uh, you know, it's, it's, it's. I, I, I wouldn't envy Brain's job. Yeah. Oh, and, um, I suppose this year, there, you know, there was a lot made of retirements, and you know, you lost a lot of experience. But lads really stepped up. Um, how did that all kind of work out in training when when guys like uh, like Shane Prendergast came in and Joey Holden just slotted into full back like he was there all his life in the Kilkenny jersey? How how did that kind of manifest throughout the year? Um, I think lads just just wanted to prove a point, and there was a lot of talk at the start of the year that Kilkenny were in transition and things like that, and that has been said before, but. Um, when when someone says that about Kilkenny and you're talking about a panel of maybe 33 or 34 players, I think everyone just really stepped up and wanted to prove everybody wrong, and that's that's really where it came from. As I said, Joy stepped in there full back, and he had big shoes to fill in Jages, but my God, he's been he was superb all year, you know. And I think from a supporter's point of view, probably everyone everyone was just waiting for him to collapse, and he, he wasn't going to do that at any stage, and. There was numerous other players that stepped, really stepped up to the play, as you said as well. So, you know, everyone just wanted to prove, prove the pundits and uh, and people wrong all over the country. Yeah. And your ideal wasn't, or your run-up wasn't ideal. I know you probably think I'm a bit strange because I've been trying to stare at your thumbs for the last <laughs> couple of minutes. But what happened, and and did it affect you in the run-in? Well, obviously it didn't because you had a great game yesterday. But um, what were you thinking initially when the injury happened a couple of weeks before the All Ireland final? Yeah, well, when, when the injury happened, I suppose um, I went in and got an X-ray and showed up a fracture in the thumb. But I think uh, I, I was uh, I was just mad to play in the All Ireland final, and my initial reaction was look, I, I kind of knew at the, at the time I got the belt that there was I was in bother. But you know, my, my reaction was I wanted to play in the All Ireland final, and you know, bring show great confidence in me. To, to let me play like you know and the, the medical team and the doctor done a fantastic job with me over the last two weeks you know it hamper, hampered my training but um, as I said they've done a fantastic job and Mick Dempsey as well with, with the fitness side of it over the last two weeks so I was I just wanted to play in the All-Ireland final and there wasn't anything going to stop me and when you have an injury like that is the worry does the worry go as soon as you get your first ball in the game or as soon as you take your first hit because you didn't look like a guy who was worried you didn't look like a guy who was playing with an injury you know, that can happen, you know, but as I said two weeks ago when the, when the injury happened, my initial reaction was that I wanted to play in the All-Ireland final and if I, was, if I was going to play, that had to come out of my head. Atting about an injury had to come out of my head. I, I couldn't be injured on the field and that's the, that's the way I tried to approach it. You know, I just tried to push it to the back of my mind and get on with the job in hand and hopefully I was able to do that. Jackie, because every year is a battle, and yesterday was was a war. Maybe not a classic game, but 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 a war and really intense, really intriguing to watch from the stand. People say, "Oh, to Kilkenny, it couldn't possibly mean as much because you've so much success." But I would say that's absolute. Uh, well, I won't use the word I want to use, but uh, you know, it's it's bull because 
you have to work hard every year. You have to test yourselves every year. You have to come back and prove probably the wrong term to use because you want to prove it to yourselves, not everyone else. But, you know, I think you know the point you're trying to make. That this is not watered down just because you've had a lot of success, 11 under Brian. Absolutely not. And, and you're right. Yes, there was a war of attrition. I mean, the middle third yesterday was just the bodies that were in there, the hits, the flicks. You I mean, you hadn't got half a second to, to, to dwell on the ball or anything like that. Um, you know, and, and just because it wasn't a classic round like that doesn't doesn't mean anything. But you're right, every year there's a different challenge. I mean, this year with the retirees, you know, there was question marks asked, and rightly so, you know, losing the calibre of the guys that we had. Um, you know, we were eager to put that to bed and say, you know, look, at just because the lads lads are gone, this, does, this, doesn't, this doesn't stop, it continues on. And that's testament to also the lads that come in, to Joey Holland, to Seamus Pendergast, or, or, uh, Shane Pendergast, to Jerry Edwards, um, and the thing just kicked on and, uh, you know, just it was just a really really sweet hard earned victory yesterday oh, was that the, the hardest All-Ireland final you've ever played in uh, I'm not really sure they're all hard yeah. but um, it definitely was it was physical and you know as Jackie said there was, there was fierce hits going in all over the field and uh, you know there was a couple of sore bodies around this morning not more so than myself but uh, look the bruises and, and the soreness will be gone a, a, lot, a lot sooner than if you had to lose the All-Ireland, so we're just delighted to have one. As they say, bruises heal and chicks dig scars. Um, yeah. Gentlemen, looking forward to getting back to Kilkenny, no doubt about it. Yeah, really looking forward to Oshin. It's, 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 it's one of the sweet, sweet feelings going down to Kilkenny with Lee McCarthy and uh, after such a hard, hard-fought victory yesterday. And the people of Kilkenny just love, they absolutely love their hurling and they're so appreciative and they're so supportive to us. So to bring that cup down the road tonight today now is um, is a great feeling and one I'm looking forward to. Owen, what do you do to kind of savour this and you know keep it locked in the mind and all that? Um, I suppose just enjoy enjoy the moment and enjoy these things bring as Jackie said, bring the cup down to Kilkenny is a special thing as well. Um, I, I spoke about that those ten or fifteen minutes after the final whistle but certainly bringing the cup back down to Kilkenny back down to the Kilkenny people and they're so passionate and you know they love their hurling so that's that's obviously a, a very good thing to, to be part of as well. So um, just looking forward to that and I'll savour every moment. And with yourself, uh, you're obviously a member of the Defence Forces. You're off on a, on a tour uh, shortly. Yeah, yeah, I'm going actually this day next month now. So um, off on a tour to Syria, but look, it has to be done. And uh, I'm, I'm getting the opportunity to do it in the winter, so that makes it all the better. So um, I'll, I'll be away for six months, but... I'm sure the lads will be, be back training in no time and uh, hopefully they can meet up with them when we come back. Do you bring the hurley with you or how do you train when you're out there? Yeah, I'll bring, I'll bring it out. Probably won't get a whole lot done, but uh, I'll bring it out for a few pucks anyway and see how it goes. Listen, Owen, the very best of luck with that, lads. Thanks for talking and uh, well done on yesterday. Delighted to see excellent, excellence rewarded again. And I think as a Waterford man, as a hurling fan, I just look back in awe at Kilkenny and just think, just think what you do is amazing. So well done. Cheers. Thanks very much, it's the Rewind coming to you from the City West Hotel in Dublin where Kilkenny are basking in the glory of All-Ireland 36. If you're from any other county, you, you really are just jealous of them, aren't you? I'm looking at them across the border in Waterford all my life and wondering, how do they do it and why can't we? Well, maybe next year, I guess. That's what everyone around the country is telling themselves uh, today. Right, let's talk uh, about uh, soccer before we uh, move back to get at games and football tonight. Ireland taking on Georgia. It is a must-win Euro qualifier. Richie McCormack has been speaking to former Ireland international and a former backroom member of the Galway coaching setup uh, back in the early 80s. He was there in 1980 when Galway won the All-Ireland. Paddy Mulligan. 
All right, well, I am joined here on the line by Paddy Mulligan, who has uh, a lot of hubbub behind him, uh, but it is somewhat subdued, as I'd imagine they would have preferred it to be, because you're in the Galway Team Hotel, Paddy. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I'm just down here now. just came down to, to see a few of the lads and, and, and just offer uh, uh, my 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 uh, best wishes to them for uh, for next year. I mean, this year is well and truly gone. Um, not, not, not such a good second half yesterday, but... Yeah. However, they can only they can only learn from that, and they can uh, hopefully they'll come back stronger now next year. You were struggling not to say condolences there. It is that kind of atmosphere down there, I'd imagine. Oh yeah, it's very subdued. But then the players themselves, the few of them, you know, David Collins, Joe Canning, and that um, they're they're a fair more, and Jonathan Blind, they're uh, in decent form, and they're they're up about the next few seasons. So that's a, that's a, that's always a good sign. Yeah, and the, it don't, doesn't doesn't matter about the supporters when the when the when the players are up peaceful then and confident about going forward. And learning from it, well then, that's uh, that's the most important thing. Well, they have youth on their side in that respect as well, so and that's a good thing. Yeah, in that regard. Yeah. And they've got a bit of experience now as well, so... Exactly. We shall, we shall see what, 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 what transpires. It, they, can only learn, they can only learn from Kilkenny. It's hard to get beaten, but I mean, Kilkenny were excellent in the second half. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, that's, that's just, that's just, that's just the, the animal that you're dealing with at this moment in time. Exactly, exactly. The only one Kilkenny. Paddy, we'll get to Friday night first of all. Um, Ireland's 4-0 win in Faro over Gibraltar. They seem to make heavy weather of it, or was that just oh, me? Oh, yeah. It was, uh, I, I thought it was, a, I thought it was a, a very, very poor performance by Ireland. I thought uh, midfield was non-existent. West Holland, I don't know where, I don't know where he went. And, and, and uh, James McCarthy just doesn't appear to show up. Glenn Whelan, uh, pretty much the same. And, and it's just... Uh, and, and, and Hendrick, Hendrick as well. So it's, it's just a crazy night. And, and thank God that that uh, I mean, Gibraltar are only part timers. Yeah. You know, they're amateurs. It's, 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 it's embarrassing. I know it ended up four at, at the end, but really, I mean, it was, it was one at half time thanks to a to a goal from from uh, Cyrus, the the, 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 the full bank, and, and who hit the ball with the outside of his foot and went right across the keeper. The keeper should be diving. And I thought the keeper thought it was going to go wide, yeah. but he, he should have been diving down on top of that and, and, and just making it making a very simple save. And instead, it ends up with the back net. Fortunately for Ireland, <laughs> which was a smashing, that was the only way we were going to score in the first half. And, and uh, it, 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 it's just very very worrying that um, he doesn't seem to know what, what his best team is. He, uh, and uh, it, it, it'll be a big concern going into in, going into the game on, on, on Monday against the Georgians. Yeah, the issue of James McCarthy. A lot of people saying that maybe the game was passing him by. Do you think he's a victim of circumstance to a degree, and that the game that Martin O'Neill seems to favour is still very much a somewhat antiquated long ball system? John Walters being the focal point up front, and that almost leaves out the midfield from being yeah. any kind of creative hub, which is where McCarthy might excel. Yeah, and I and but I, I, I watch James McCarthy an awful lot at Everton. And he, he and he does the same thing. Take take for in, take, take for example, a central defender or, or a fullback gets on the ball. James McCarthy will never ever gravitate towards the fullback or the central defender to, to go and receive the ball. Whether he's at Everton or whether he's in the Irish team, you know. And when he lays off a ball, he very very rarely goes for a return pass or makes a new angle for himself. Yeah. And that to me is a, is, is a huge area of concern because I mean he's a midfield he's a midfield player. He's the one who should be making things happen along along with other midfield players. But he, he, he's, he's the main one. He's the one that, that gets talked up by Martinez, the manager, by the, by the, by the British media. But Jeff, when I see him playing, I'm, I'm, I'm always very disappointed in, in, in his lack of, uh, lack of performance, his lack of authority. He doesn't take a game by the scruff of the neck and demand the ball from people. He doesn't frighten people into giving the ball. If it comes to him, ah, so-so, 
Mm. And if, if, it, if it doesn't come to him, he's not bothered about making a new position for himself. Would you look and, for and another option in there, then, Paddy? To me, is a huge, huge area of concern. Would you look for another option in there, then, perhaps? Well, I, 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 he's running the other options back on there, but you've got, you've got to, you've got to find up for somebody. But then you're looking for the somebody who, who, who really isn't there, mm. and that's that's a, that's a, a huge, huge problem. Unless that you withdraw with Holden and get him uh, in a deeper run, get him to start. Uh, getting on the ball and, 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 and trying to create. That's the only, that, that to me would be the only other thing that, that, that he can do. And, and to me, again, what was Holland shattered to the seed because he looked very neat in the ball with a short five and six yard passes. Which in, it's very rare you see him play a real through ball and get Robbie Keane in or get Jonathan Walters in or get Shane Long in. And, and I'm looking for that killer ball. Yeah. And, and, and but the most progressive ball is always. The, the one that you play forward. It's never the one you play square. You're only playing square to buy time, only playing back to buy time. But the most progressive ball is the one you play forward and you're putting people in on the opponent's goal and I don't see that happening. Did anything impress you on Friday night at all? Nothing at all. Only only, only the fact that Scotland were competing. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was a, a huge stroke of luck. Scotland got beaten by Georgia and, 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 and it opens the door now for Ireland to go and beat Georgia tonight and Scotland will find it very, very tough against, against the Germans, I would imagine. And if Ireland could, Ireland could find themselves to beat Georgia tonight, Scotland lose to, to Germany, four points ahead of Scotland in third position. Do you see so that, that, three... that, wouldn't be, that wouldn't be bad, but of course, Germany and Poland to come. Yeah. Do you see three points tonight as a given, or is it something that they'll have to work particularly no, no, hard for? To, they'll have to work very hard for the three points, uh, from what I saw of Georgia. But Georgia don't travel very far, or, or very, or very well, I should say. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I, I'd be surprised if Georgia uh, put up any sort of a fight tonight. Scotland I found think it hard. Will win by a minimum of two goals. What, watching it on Friday night, Scotland did find it hard to break them down. Do you think that's something they could replicate yeah, today? Yes, and but that was at home, uh, Richie. Yeah. Uh, away from home, they, they, they're inclined to be a little a different kettle of fish altogether, and that they're not as, as disciplined. Now, if the Georgians be, become as disciplined as they were on Friday night, well, then Ireland, Ireland are going to are going to struggle very, very badly because outside of Robbie Keane, uh, we don't have we don't have any consistent goal scorers. I mean, Shane Long, yes, got a, got a good goal the other night, but it, it, it's very rare that he, that, he, that he scores important goals. And people say, oh, well, Keane's only a tap in. But he was there for the tap in. Yeah. Other players, Jonathan Walters, uh, Shane Long, they don't be there. Uh, Darrell Murphy, they don't be there for the tap in. And that's, that's why Robbie Keane stands out. And it doesn't matter whether it's Gibraltar or it doesn't matter who it is. He's always, he's always lurking to go and try and get, to get the job finished. Martin O'Neill's talking about Seamus Coleman coming back in. He apparently sat out Friday night with a tight hamstring. Um, his supply is going to be crucial against the Georgians. Yes, and he's got to, he's got to get Bomber down, down the line. He hasn't, been, he hasn't been going forward as much as I would have liked him to, uh, to be in the, last few, in the last few international games. But he's got, to, he's got to add another string to his ball and get down that line and get good, and get good cross in because he's well capable of doing that, as we've seen in the, in, in the Premiership. And he is, he is a smashing fullback. When he, when he gets his, 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 his defensive deficiency sorted out, well, then he'll, he'll, he'll be a great fullback. But I mean, right now, going forward, it's, it's imperative that he gets down that flank tonight. Paddy, and, and the same from the left side, which I presume that Robbie Brady yeah. uh, will, be, will, will play wide in the left. So he's got to get down, and then they've, they've got to get back. And they've got to get good quality crosses in, not just hitting the ball in for the sake of it. They've got to go and have a look, get their head up, and pick somebody out. Because I mean, don't, 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 don't be going by what McGeady has been doing. McGeady never gets his head up. Yeah. The issue of Coleman previously in, in international matches you touched on McCarthy there as well Brady's another one I suppose you could throw into this as well 
uh, is confidence. There doesn't seem to be a hell of a lot of confidence in that side. Results haven't been that bad. We're third in the group. We have a decent chance of qualifying. What is it yeah. you think? Is, is there anything the management team could do to instill just a little bit more belief in the side that they actually can go out and beat sides? Yeah, well, what, 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 what Martin O'Neill has got to do is, 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 is encourage the players and, 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 and make sure that the players are, are full of confidence. In, in, in every aspect of the game, be it from a defensive viewpoint or be it from an attacking viewpoint. Mm. And that is up to a manager and his assistants. He's got enough assistants there. I think there's another three of them there. So if they can't get around the group, the, the, the group of players and, and, and instill confidence in them, well, then nobody can. Now, also, the players should be self-motivated as well. I've no time for this. That always, they, they, they have to be up for it. You should be up for every game that you're playing. And it should be all self-motivation as well. The majority of it should be self-motivation. You shouldn't need a manager to tell you what your job is at international level. You should know exactly what you have to do when you, when you get out on the pitch. And anybody who thinks any differently, I'm afraid, are, are, living in, are living in Greenland. But if you have a manager, as you touched on, who doesn't seem to know his best eleven, surely that feeds into a team that maybe isn't that confident or isn't yeah, but that... You shouldn't, you shouldn't let that, 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 that... That's up to Martin O'Neill, but we know it's the best eleven or not. That shouldn't, that shouldn't affect the players. The players should turn around and say, I don't care what eleven that, that he picks. I don't care whether he picks a lobster at midfield or, 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 or a dreadful back four. I'm still going to get out and play to the very, very best of my ability. And if every player goes and, and uh, is of that mind, well, then there should, there should not be a problem. Prediction for tonight? I to win it by at least two. By at least two. And do you reckon we could get a favour elsewhere tonight? Well, I, think, I, I, I do think that Germany will, will, uh, yeah. will, will take care of Scotland. I'd be very surprised if Scotland got anything out of, out of, out of, the, out of the German game. Yeah. But then, I mean, I was very surprised that Ireland got a draw in, in Germany with them as well. So, so who knows? And I was surprised that Scotland played so well against Germany, and although they got beaten 2-1 over there, yeah. they really played well. But so, that was around last October. So a lot, of, a lot of stuff has happened for Scotland since then. And they, they seem to be the type of team that, uh, after a few decent results, they seem to implode when they think they're on the home slate. So, so maybe maybe uh, Germany might do us a favour and, and, and uh, keep, keep put Scotland out of the equation. But first and foremost, Ireland must do themselves uh, the big favour and that is take care of Georgia tonight and then worry about the, the Germans and worry about the Poles after that. Quick word on events. An hour and a bit up the road from Lansdowne Road at Windsor Park. It looks like Northern Ireland will qualify for Euro 2016. They've yes, got hungry yes, there. That's, that's a fantastic achievement for them. Oh, it's wonderful, wonderful achievement. You know, with, 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 with very, very ordinary players. But, you know, uh, Michael O'Neill is, is after getting the, the, the system right. He, yeah, uh, and it, it's, it's very important, too, that a manager recognises the strengths of, of, of each and every individual mm. and that they, they play to their strengths at all times. And that, and that has to come from the manager as well, that he, he sets up the team in such a way that every player is comfortable in his position. Every player knows where his job is. And when, 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 when you've got that, you've got people who will, who, who will, who will die for the cause you've got a great chance of, of, of winning games and of, of, of getting into, into the major competitions qualifying. Perhaps a lesson or two one only could learn from another tonight. Uh, Paddy Mulligan, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, pleasure indeed, Richie. Thank you. Former Ireland and Chelsea fullback Paddy Mulligan speaking to Richie McCormack about tonight's must-win Euro qualifier between Ireland and Georgia. We're still at the City West Hotel where Kilkenny are celebrating All-Ireland number 36. We, uh, we just stand in awe of Kilkenny, those of us from outside of the county and I'm sure those inside the county stand in awe as well but look let's move on to football a little bit earlier on I spoke to uh, Jason Byrne and uh, Carlo Kane about the upcoming All-Ireland final between Kerry and Dublin but first we reflected on Dublin's win against Mayo in the semi-final replay on Saturday Jason I'll start with you 
Dublin pulled away at the end of the match, but it didn't look like that was going to be the case maybe midway through the second half. Yeah, when, when Mayo went four points up, I thought the rating was on the wall for Dublin. Uh, I thought a key moment in the game was when Lee Keegan went through in goal. Uh, maybe hesitated over what he was going to do, whether put it over the bar, try and kick it into the back of the net. Uh, he didn't hit it convincingly, Cluxton caught it, and then a couple of minutes later, Dublin got their first goal. Uh, Michael Darren McCauley, I thought, changed the game when he came in. Uh, he picked one out of the sky and set up the move for that first goal. And once Dublin got that first goal, you really did sense that it was going to be them in the final against Kerry because they never looked back and they really kicked on from it. And Mayo just collapsed, uh, especially in the back line. And Dublin just seemed to have far more power in the legs to, to see out the game. And, of course, they, they kicked in another two goals after that and took the place in the final. Mayo have once again been charged with defensive naivety. Would you agree with that? Or were, just, were Dublin just too good? Um, I don't know is defensive naivety maybe the right way of putting it um, I think that the management got their matchups uh, pretty much as right as they could like the Chris Barrett on Bernard Brogan might not have been one that a lot of people seen but he did a good job on him in the first match then in the replay he was doing a good job on them but unfortunately they were leaking elsewhere you know probably what caused the tactical issues here was the performance of Paddy Andrews kicking five points from play I think he kicked a couple of uh, Keith Higgins, who'd be regarded as Mayo's best defender, a man marker. That immediately set doubts in Mayo's heads. They tried Jerry Caffrey on him, caused him a baller as well, and eventually they went to Barrett, who they regarded as their best man marker. This meant that uh, Caffrey ended up back in Bernard Brogan again, which is a matchup that hasn't gone well. It didn't go well in the 2013 All-Ireland Final when Bernard got a, a couple of goals. It didn't go well again when he scored one and created one. Now, Caffrey maybe could have bottled him up down the line for the second goal. The first goal was just sheer instinct from Brogan and I mean, that was one of the big factors in, in Dublin's one. But defensive naivety, um, I'm not so sure. They Probably just in terms of their system, they maybe started too late in the year with Aidan O'Shea at full forward. I know they did it a bit during the league, but it's probably something that they needed to be working on more. Like They didn't they didn't get much change out of the ball going into Jace, or the, the long ball heading into Aidan O'Shea in the replay. And it was just, I thought it was an overall system failure for me, not just the defensive one on Mayo's part. We saw Philly McMahon play a different role, Jason. Yeah, like the, the amount of times he got forward, Oshin was so surprising. Like and the way he found space, like he, he could have easily had two goals. Like he was he was through on goal before he actually did find the net. And I know a lot of people are thinking he was fortunate to have the goal that he got. Actually, have it up on the board. Like, but uh, like I thought the game he had was something else. Um, you know, to, to, to kick one two from full back and. Uh, he didn't have the, the heated battle he had with Aidan O'Shea in the first game but like my god like he just stood up so much for Dublin and um, you know I, I thought he was man of the match I thought he was just superb and uh, he spoke he spoke to the press before the game and you know said he, he hadn't even really seen Aidan O'Shea play in the championship and uh, you know he, he really did do his homework that's for sure I suppose we have to give credit to Jim Gavin and his management team rather than bash Mayo because this was about how well Dublin played rather than Mayo collapsing or Mayo pay, playing poorly well I think uh, I think sometimes a big thing that's overlooked and like uh, Jim Gavin probably wouldn't be the most popular manager out there with the media being totally honest about it but at the same time what's often overlooked is uh, how well Gavin uh, sets up his team just in terms of how they construct their moves like it's, it's well documented he likes American football you can see that a lot of what Stephen Cluxon's kickouts are set plays that are pre-planned I thought one massive difference between the draw and the replay was that Dublin were very slow moving the ball out from the back in the draw game they seemed very hesitant about doing that but 
you seen even Keanu Sullivan possibly had his worst game in a Dublin jersey in that draw, but in the replay it was excellent. He had Jason mentioned it there, Philly McMahon bombing forward. Dublin threw more caution to the one that went for it this time, and that was their more natural game. Just in terms of how quick the kickouts were, and they had, they had the man running off the shoulder, be it Philly McMahon, be it Johnny Cooper, suddenly they were bursting up the middle, running at Mayo. That just didn't happen in the replay. You know, you might say that maybe is down to the way Mayo tactically set up, but I just thought Tuxton was way better this time. He got his kickouts far, kept them away far quicker, and they got moving up the pitch, which tactically it was good work from Gavin he identified that as a weakness and, and, he, and he went for it but set up ways for the replay you know there wasn't a huge difference people were probably expecting Rory O'Carroll to be go, going on Aidan O'Shea again but Gavin clearly identified Philly McMahon had done a good job in the first game said he could do a big job in the second game and told obviously he was sent out with a clear instruction to run at him and go at him and you know just whether it was a case of Aidan O'Shea not being able to track him or whether it was a case of just the Mayo, the other Mayo players were being deployed to do it, it didn't happen and it caused him huge problems. So Gavin definitely got it right there. And I mean, there were people saying Brian Fenton maybe give away a few balls in the, in the first game. Was he able physically for this type of game? But Gavin stuck with him, had faith in him, and he had an excellent game and came very strong as, as, as the thing went on. So um, Gavin got a hell of a lot right. You're listening to the Rewind on News Talk coming to you today from the City West Hotel where the Kilkenny celebrations continue. But we are talking about football because after we talk to the successful Kilkenny lads, I'm on the road to Kerry for their press night tonight, Jason. So let's look ahead to the All-Ireland Final, Dublin against Kerry. It's got the potential to be an absolute belter. And lads, I don't know about you, but I'm sick of hearing about the 70s and maybe the early 80s. And I'm sure the, the players from either side are as well and maybe the fans are as well. But there is relevance in history here between these two. But it's more recent history, 2011. Yeah, 2011 was just a great final. Like, and you, you had Stephen Cluxton kicking that dramatic point uh, so late in the game when, when Kerry looked like they were really in charge and looked like they were going to turn Dublin over. But um, like the recent history between the sides has been... You know, they haven't met as much in the championship as we would like to like them to have. But uh, like, it's, hopefully it's a great final. Hopefully it's the final that saves the championship because I think Carr would agree that this football championship has been quite poor overall. We, have, we haven't seen the, the games that we would like to have seen. We haven't seen the football that we would like to have seen. A lot of teams are resorting to the, you know, the, to Tony Galway, dare I say it. Like, um, we should point out that Jason yeah. is from Donegal. Yeah, but like, it's it's not what the it's not what the peers want, and it's not what the supporters want. And a lot of the games haven't been what what we have wanted and what the country have wanted. So hopefully this is the game that, that saves the championship and, and puts football back in the map. Because uh, some of the games uh, I've seen us in the summer have been threatened. I think just going back to your point about you know why has it been in theory a poor championship? I thought the Tron Kerry semi final was a very good match, but I think what's actually happening is particularly the big three Mayo, Dublin, and Kerry. Like, they're not making mistakes anymore. Like, they're not being caught on the hop. In years gone by, the team could be caught on the hop. But these teams are so well prepared now mentally and physically that small teams aren't catching them on the hop. And in fact, if anything, if you look at the Connacht final, Sligo, uh, like, shipping six goals against Mayo, you know, they're actually, the big teams are actually tanking. These two or three big teams at the top are tanking the other teams. It's well documented what Dublin have done in Leinster. I think that's one of the reasons why people have said it's been a poor championship because, you know, there's been no major shock or upset really along the way that, that I can really think of you know okay Antrim beat Leash and qualifier way back but whenever you're no, no back shock yeah but no shock involving a big team I mean Westmead yeah. beating Mead not that much of a shock when you look at their records it's just the fact yeah. that Westmead hadn't beaten them in the championship but yeah. neither of those two were going to go on and win in All-Ireland that's the issue isn't it uh, that's what I mean a big team that could win in All-Ireland they're never going to be it's looking like they may never be shocked or turned over 
again. That's that's what it's looking like to me anyway. I just think those big two or three teams, and you'll always have maybe one like Tyrone this year coming from the pack to join them. And I don't know where Donegal are at. Like, I mean, can they come back again? But there's always going to be one team. But that's that's kind of the way it looks at the moment. These big teams are, are moving clear, and maybe that's why people feel it's been a disappointing football championship so far. So, gentlemen, it's too far in advance to ask for a prediction but I will ask what kind of final you expect because both Jim Gavin and Eamon Fitzmaurice are capable of changing it up they're capable of throwing something at us and their players and the opposition that, that it won't be expected Yeah, there, there will be a trump cards from both camps Austin, that's for sure and the homework that both managers will be doing will be like probably nothing like we've ever seen before it'll be hard hitting uh, it'll be you know it, it, it might it might be the prettiest game who knows hopefully hopefully it's it's fantastic and it should be but like the matchups, who's gonna who's gonna pin on who, and uh, it's so hard to know where, where Sam Maguire's gonna be on, on the 20th of September, come come five o'clock. Like it's just so hard to know. Carl, I think as ever when you play Dublin, um, the big battle is going to be Stephen Cluxton's kickouts again. I mean, it's, it's just in some ways a total cliche at this stage, but Kerry have a great joy with Stephen Cluxton's kickouts before and. I heard even Tommaso Shane on the game there, and he's probably right saying Kerry will just not let Dublin do those short kickouts that may over. They'll press up. Yeah. They'll push up, and the reason for that is because Kerry have a lot more confidence in themselves as footballers and confidence and belief to do that. They'll believe in their defenders man to man. People will talk about an age in defence and Kerry with Aidan O'Mahony and Marcus Shea, but I'm yet to see these boys really being taken to the cleaners by anybody for all this talk. Um, I just think that that's the slight advantage Kerry have, whether it's a football thing, whether it's a confidence thing. They will have the belief in themselves to go at Cluxton's kickouts and Fitzmaurice will have a plan for them. If they, you're right, it is early to make a prediction, but if Kerry get that end of the game right, Dublin could find it very, very difficult here. And then at the other end of the pitch, obviously Kerry have, say, Johnny Buckley, Anthony Maher, David Moore to kick the ball out to. Things are a hell of a lot easier in some ways for the, the Kerry goalkeeper. And gentlemen, as, as journalists, as written journalists, are the press nights in advance of All-Ireland Finals talk because for radio I always think it's a bit easier because we can talk to people around the game we can talk about preparation what would you do about the game because you know they're not going to tell you anything about the, the opposition they're not going to say anything good or bad they're not going to tell you anything but is it hard for the written press to actually get something interesting out of a press night? I yeah, it can be Oshin, like especially the, in, the, in recent years um, particularly from uh, from a few different camps that, that I won't <laughs> name I'm sure Karen might name them but uh, yeah, it can, it can be very difficult. Like the squads and management are just so media trained, they're so media savvy, and I suppose they have to be with the way social media is and the way everything's so instantaneous now. And uh, it can be quite difficult for us to get different angles. We often have to go down the route of ex-players who, who love talking, who love being in the limelight because they're not actually in the field anymore. But uh, from that point of view, it can be okay. But from, in terms of current squad members and management, it can be very, very difficult to, to spin a story out of it and, and make something interesting in a headline. Carl, I'm trying desperately to think when the last time something really newsworthy. Now, you know, there have been good interviews and enjoyable interviews and everything coming out of press nights, but I'm trying to think of the last news line that came out of a pre All Ireland final press night. Yeah, you've got me sort of stumped. You've got there a, well. yeah, you, yeah, you've got a blank look in your face for well, the first time. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, a lot of people wouldn't say that. But, um, yeah, what I, what I would say about this is that. Sometimes I think there's so many. You see David Fitzgerald with his PR man this year. Jim Gavin obviously has his uh, man who does his PR. And these guys aren't old school county board PROs that we used to deal with over the yeah. years. And this sounds like you're harking back to some golden age. But like it used to be that you could ring up players on the phone. And I totally understand media has gone 
massive now. There's much more radio, much more internet. These guys will be plagued. But sometimes I think there's a paranoia there with the PR. People sometimes think that all we're trying to do is catch these guys out, particularly us in the print media. But I can honestly guarantee that, that that's certainly not the case from us as journalists. Like, a lot of the times all we're looking for is a small bit of insight into a player. If he gives us two or three good stories, small bit of information. I, I have no interest in somebody from Kerry or Dublin trash talking each other. And if, if they want to do that, great. We'll put it in the back pages of our papers. But, I mean... No problem there, but we're like we're big enough boys to know that that's not going to happen. What we're interested in is just maybe some bit of insight, something interesting for our readers. Stitch two or three stories together for that'll make something interesting that we can write about, that's enjoyable to write about and enjoyable for people to read, and that's it really. So, well, Carlo Kane of the Star and uh, Jason Byrne of the Sun, thanks for joining us in the City West Hotel. Really looking forward to the All Ireland Football Final. Uh, let's hope it's as exciting as the hurling final. Hurling final wasn't maybe the best quality wise, but it was very, very entertaining. Entertaining, gentlemen. Thanks. Thanks, Austin. Well, that's it from the rewind for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Our special from the City West Hotel. Uh, my thanks to all the guests and all the players who took time out uh, to speak to us. Hard luck to Galway. They gave it one hell of a fight. It wasn't quite enough. They've got a lot of young players in their squad, so hopefully for them, they will be back. Don't forget, Off the Ball is with you every evening this week from 7 o'clock. And tonight, if you're listening to this on Monday, they'll have um, live coverage of Ireland against Georgia in what is a vital, vital Euro qualifier. Let's hope that Germany can do us a favour by beating Scotland. Next weekend, by the way, the Premier League is back and next Monday on the Rewind we're doing a big preview of the Rugby World Cup and we'll have a massive preview of the All-Ireland football final between Kerry and Dublin. It has the potential to be used. Also, more hurling because the under-21, the Borgosh Energy under-21 hurling final takes place this Saturday in Thurles. We look back on that amongst many, many other things. For now though, uh, it is goodbye and good luck. <laughs>